Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. So environmental awareness, are we aware? Are we aware of what's happening in our world? Okay, are we aware? Not everybody is. Some of our politicians claim this is a Chinese hoax. If it is, the Chinese are very, very efficient at creating this hoax. Cardinal DiNardo of Houston, at the recent meeting of the American bishops, he was president of the USCCB. As the meetings were coming to a close, an American bishop raised his hand and said, Cardinal DiNardo, what are we going to do about climate change? And he said, nothing. That's not an urgent issue. Okay? Cardinal DiNardo. So the Monday, Wednesday people know that I believe we have a war going on within the church between those who support Pope Francis, who thinks it's a very important issue, and those who are against him on a whole host of issues. But awareness. Are we aware of what's happening? There's a whole lot that's happening. A whole lot that's happening. This morning I was watching the Weather Channel, and they announced that a part of Antarctica had just recorded the highest temperature ever recorded there. The highest temperature ever recorded there. Uh, yesterday morning, uh, I was watching uh, my favorite channel, Channel 88, which is World Channel, and they did a two-hour presentation on the solar system and the different planets and what's happening there. Here's what they had to say about the planet Venus. Venus is a bit closer to the sun than Earth is, but not close enough to justify the fact that Venus's temperature is 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Why is that the case, they said? Because... The cause of this heat is the atmosphere is made up of 95% CO2. 95% CO2, which takes in the sun's rays, but don't lets them out. And so it, it's a baking oven in there. And that the measurement of 95% was done by a Soviet satellite probe in 1967. Okay? We get a problem there. Um, this program, by the way, was a NOVA program called Polar Extremes. You can probably find it if you go online or go to YouTube or whatever. Uh, terrific program. Um, although some people say, you've heard this, uh, the, the CO2 in the year is because of all the volcanoes that we've got. So NOVA says 300 million tons of CO2 per year go into the atmosphere from volcanoes, from all the volcanoes on the earth. 300 million tons per year. On the other hand, in the United States alone, cars emit 12.5 billion tons a year of CO2 into the atmosphere. 300 million compared to 12.5 billion tons. Okay? So there's a lot of CO2 going into the air. You're going to find there's always stuff coming out uh, about climate change. Here's an article I got from the New York Times dated January 19th. Wary neighbors monitor the removal of tainted soil in Brooklyn. You know there are a lot of brown fields and there are a lot of issues across the country where bad chemicals have been allowed to seep into the ground. In some communities they said we can't do anything with this so they're putting solar panels on top of them. But there's an issue. And the pollution of the land, the pollution of our land is a very, very real thing. Okay? Um, here's a, another article that appeared in the Sunday uh, New York Times of January 12th. So many countries in the world are running out of water. As you know, in 1918, Cape Town in South Africa came within one day of shutting off all water and limiting it to certain uh, places where people could bring jugs and, and take it. No more water in the, in, the, in the faucets. That problem is now transferred to Chennai, India. And if you look around on the Internet, and if you just go on YouTube and put water shortages, you're going to find how many places in the world are running water shortages. So this article is about a new industry where companies are being formed, and they have tanker trucks, which are filled up with water, and they deliver the water, and you pay for it like you wouldn't believe what you pay for it. 
to get your, your containers filled up with water. Okay? It's, the water here in Scottsdale is very, very inexpensive. Look at your water bill. Okay? If I'm not mistaken, and Bob, correct me if you think I'm wrong, it may be $1.65 for 1,000 gallons. It's very, very, it's very low. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very low. I mean, in these countries, you're going to be paying in the tens of dollars for, for per gallon for this kind of type of thing. So awareness is, be, be careful, be aware. There's a lot on television all the time. This morning, the Weather Channel was just going from showing the flooding across the country right now, talking about the amount of snow in some parts of the country, and they kept using the term climate change. So if some politicians refuse to embrace that phrase, science, the Weather Channel, embraces it fully. This afternoon at 2 o'clock, the Weather Channel is going to have a, a major presentation entitled Saving the Planet to save the planet. I'm going to watch it this afternoon, 2 o'clock, if you're home at that time. So where do we do, what do we do with all of this? So m more stuff about what's going on. You have maybe in your packet, I'm not sure if you have it, I'm going to have to lift this up because this is just far enough from my bifocals. I, it's too far and not far enough. <laughs> this past week, on Wednesday, January 20, uh, no, no, it was a week ago, ten, January 22nd, the Sierra Club put out this announcement, which you can find elsewhere. Uh, there's a new CEO at APS. APS's um, um, owner, owner thing is called Pinnacle West. The parent company is called Pinnacle West. The CEO is Don Brandt. Don Brandt has been replaced by Jeff Goldner, G-U-L-D-N-E-R. And Jeff Goldner announced this. Uh, Jeff Goldner announced that APS is going to go to full 100% renewable energy by 2050. APS announced this morning, this is January uh, 22nd, a commitment to 100% carbon-free energy by 2050, 45% renewable energy by 2030, and an end to coal power by 2031. Okay? So th this is in the news currently, and it's affecting you and me directly. Now, some people say, oh, yeah, we're going to have to pay for the solar panels. You know, I've had solar panels for 10 years, okay, for 10 years. And essentially, my electricity is free, okay? And if you say, I don't believe you, I'll bring you, the, we'll make an appointment, I'll bring you all my documentation. I've kept everything for 10 years. I have a pile of calendars that high. I record every night what the solar panels do, okay? So when APS goes 100% renewable, it's not going to cause more costs. It's going to reduce costs. Once the solar panels are up, you don't pay anything for fuel. The sun is there. And this is the valley of the sun. Okay? Um, then on the January 28th, on, from Lee, Lauren McDonald, on Monday, General Motors announced its plan to build all electric trucks and SUVs, along with the Cruise Origin and the electric autonomous ride-sharing vehicle at the Detroit Hamtramck assembly plant. The plant, which currently employs 900 workers and produces the Cadillac CT6 and the Chevrolet Impala, will become GM's first and only dedicated factory producing 100% battery electric vehicles. Okay? It's not just Tesla. Volvo, already as of this year, no longer produces internal combustion engines. Volvo is going entirely renewable. Okay? Uh, here's a uh, piece that appeared. Um, I found this online. The 10 most populated metropolitan areas with more than 100 days of elevated air pollution in 2018. The 10 most in the country. The 10 most polluted cities. If you look at the, I'm looking at the list right now. And Phoenix, Mesa, Scottsdale ranks 6. Ranks 6 among the 10 most polluted things. Uh, many of you know that Doug Ducey, our governor, is a parishioner here. I like him a lot. He's a good, good friend. I had a conversation once with him and his wife, Angela. 
And he said, how do you like Arizona? I said, Doug, I love it. I really love it. The one problem we have here is the poor air quality. He looked at me and said, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So please, you know, environmental awareness. This isn't just Father Andre trying to get you to pay attention to something. If you're not paying attention, you're, blocking, you're closing your eyes and blocking your ears to what is really coming up all around you, all around you. So if you look at the notes that I passed out, the, the first thing, and the, nobody's going to be surprised that I'm doing it this way, is Bible. Okay? If it's not Bible, it's not me. So when Pope Francis publishes encyclical, La Dato Si, which means praise be you, which is the first phrase from what may have well have been St. Francis's praise, prayer and praise. You can ask Cheryl more about that. Some people say it was Francis. Some people say it was not. But La Dato Si, may you be praised. When Pope Francis did that, the, sub, the subtitle was Care for Our Common Home. Care for Our Common Home. So I'm giving you the references here that I looked at. I mean, this has been stuff on the tip of my fingers. The book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 4b. So you have two accounts of creation in the book of Genesis. The first account, which goes from Genesis 1-1 to 2-4a, is the second account. Even though you say, well, it's first in the Bible. Don't let that fool you. The book of Genesis, its 50 chapters came together over centuries. Okay? And because chapter 1 was written long after chapter 2, as you can see about 300 years later, it happened to come first. Because that time, you know, it's, it's, you know this phrase, it's the winners who write the history? So the people who had written in 650 were wanting to get their, their story up front. So the Yahweh tradition, which is the oldest literary tradition in Torah, dated around 950 B.C., says God created man to till the soil, to cultivate the land. God created man from the soil of the ground. We and the earth have a lot in common. You take a body, dead body, put it in the ground without a coffin, without a vault, just put it in the ground, go back and check a few years later, it's gone because our body is made up of the chemicals of the earth. Okay? God created man from the soil of the ground and blew the breath of life into, into the man's nostrils. Okay? And man became a living being. So life according to Genesis, is God's gift to us. Life doesn't come because of some chemical interaction. Life comes as a gift from God. When our body dies, our soul, which is immortal, goes back to God. It says, God planted a garden, and there God put the man God had fashioned to cultivate and take care of it. To cultivate and take care of it. Now, this is, as I said, the oldest text in Torah. And the purpose of human beings is to cultivate the earth and to take care of it. And I really invite you to look at that because you're going to find that coming up again and again. Because when you get, when you go look to the next tradition, which is Genesis 1, you see 20 to 30, it'll say about human beings, human beings must, and it's about the seventh or eighth line down, should fill the earth and subdue it, dominate it. Command the humans to be masters of the fish of the sea, the birds of the heaven, and all living creatures that move on earth. So the earliest tradition says we are to care for the earth. The second tradition, which is chapter 1, says we are to dominate the earth. God blessed the man and the woman, told them to be fruitful, and exercise dominion over the earth. Notice there's a change there, from caring to dominion. And some people say, well, d- d- dominion should not mean destroy the earth. Indeed, it should not. When someone entrusts a serious responsibility to you, that person expects you to take care of what, what's been entrusted to you, and not to destroy it. Okay, But you see these texts, which I've printed here for you, they're from Scripture, and I hope they, they, are, the foundation for, they are the foundation for Pope Francis's encyclical. Um, going back just a little bit to, um, Genesis, uh, to, to Genesis 2. 
uh, addressing man's aloneness, man's incompleteness. Because the text says, God saw that the man was alone, his incompleteness. From the soil, God fashioned all the wild animals and all the birds of heaven. All the animals come from the same source that human beings do. We're all from the chemicals of the earth. You don't look back at, at animals and say, you know, they're just dumb animals. We're, we're pretty dumb compared to many animals. You look at a documentary on nature or something like that of gorillas and watch what happens. The silverback watches everything that's going on in his family. The silverback. And if one of the kids gets ruly, unruly, he goes over and gives him a smack and he sits down. You watch the primates, how they take care of their babies. No mother has been more tender than the primate females are of their babies. Okay? Really remarkable stuff. So on this part of chapter, uh, chapter 2, we are created from the same stuff as the animals. Um, and God brought the, the animals to the man to see what he would call them. To name something is to, I, I, to give it its identity. Okay? So if, if my mother were still alive and she were in the audience and, and somebody said, Hey, Father Joseph, my mother would say, It's not Joseph, it's Andre. We named him Andre, he's Andre. That's the end of the discussion. So naming something is to establish its identity, to assign it in its identity. In chapter 2, God has the, the man assign the identity of all the animals. We're, we're close to them, not just biologically, as we are, but we have a relationship with them, which is very important. Why are we bringing this up? Because we're destroying animals. Okay? We're, we've, uh, I'm from New England. When I was a kid, we ate haddock all the time. We were mackerel galore. My dad used to take me deep-sea fishing off of Seabrook. Now you can't find haddock anymore. You certainly can't find it down here. You can't find mackerel down here. We've overfished in the Northeast. George's Bank has been overfished. Okay? And we're wiping out animals all over the place. Look at what's happening in the Amazon. Amazon. Look what just happened in Australia, where they say a billion animals have been killed by the fires in, in Australia. Okay? So the, the relationship between us and animals is really, really very important. Um, so in, in Genesis chapter 1, you notice there's a different progression. God starts by doing the most simple things, and he creates human beings last. So you have two ways of looking at this. You can say, you know, in, in a gathering, the, the most important person is up front. Or in a different gathering, the most important person is out back. So when you watch, for example, uh, look at Mass of St. Peter's Basilica, which is broadcast pretty much every day, you find the Pope is at the back of the line. The Pope is at the back of the line. But in other circumstances, the most important person is up front. Okay? So you have that with Genesis 1 and 2. The third thing, disgusted with the breath and death of human wickedness, God resolves to destroy all life on earth, but finding in Noah a good man, an upright man, who walked with God, God decides to spare Noah and his family as well as two of each kind, male and female, from all the living creatures, from all living things, to save their lives with yours, Noah and family, in order to preserve their species throughout the earth. So this is chapter 6 of the book of Genesis, the, the chapter which introduces the great flood. And God has decided to destroy the whole earth because human wickedness is so bad. He sees one just man, one, Noah, and ends up saving Noah, his wife, his three kids, three sons, and their, three, and their wives, and animals, all, all the animals. So animals... With, with humans really are at the heart of God. Genesis chapter 9. With the flood ended, God establishes a sacred covenant with Noah, with his descendants, coat, and with every living creature that was with you, birds, cattle, and every wild animal, every living thing on earth. So if you go look at that, you're going to find three times in chapter 9, God says to Noah, I'm, a, I'm establishing my covenant with you and with all the animals that were with you in the ark. My sacred covenant is not just with human beings, it's with all the animals. 
really important. Animals are really, really important in the biblical tradition. Turn the page, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 1. What can be known about God is perfectly plain to human beings since God has made it plain to them. Ever since the creation of the world, the invisible existence of God and His everlasting power has been clearly seen by the mind's understanding of created things. People knew God and yet did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but their arguments became futile and their uncomprehending minds were darkened. So Romans chapter 1 says, from the, from the earliest human being was ever on the planet, and it's estimated that humans have been on, homo, homo sapiens has been on this planet for 300,000 years. As soon as human beings had a brain enough to be able to understand, Paul says, simply by beholding creation, the vastest, the beauty of creation, human beings were capable of understanding that all of this didn't happen you know, by chance, that there is, a, there is a, 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 divine, a design to all of creation, and to recognize that there had to be an author to it, and to give that God due worship. So here's sometimes the question comes up, how come it took so long for Jesus to come on earth? Why didn't Jesus come earlier? St. Paul would say, we didn't need Jesus before. You had creation that was introducing you to the Creator God. You had creation was doing that. And you could have recognized by your own eyes and your own mind that the universe is not a haphazard thing and that creatures on this planet are not for the, by chance either. Okay, They all come from, from the divine purpose. Uh, Gospel of Matthew 10.29. Uh, Jesus says, can, and notice I put dates on these. So you want to say, when did this happen? You see the date there. Can you not buy two sparrows for a penny? And yet not one sparrow falls to the ground without your father knowing it. Okay? Animals are important to God. Very important. You can look at the other additional references that I list there for you. Now let's look at the scientific data as facts. In May 2019, at the Mauna Loa Observatory in Hawaii, which has been monitoring the atmosphere and collecting data related to atmospheric change since the 1950s, the concentration of carbon dioxide in Earth's atmosphere reached 414.7 parts per million. 350 parts per million is considered the highest safe level. Okay? Never in recorded history has the parts per million gone up as high as it is right now. Okay? And it goes up steadily all the time. Current levels of atmospheric CO2 are the highest in all human history. Those levels are currently increasing by 2.2% per year. The World Health Organization estimates that 4.6 million people die each year due to air pollution. How does air pollution affect us? It affects our lungs. Okay? Makes us susceptible to pneumonias, to bronchitis. Gets into a, so people say if you smoke, you're probably going to have lung issues. If you breathe the air, you're going to have lung issues. Okay? Now, how severe are our lung issue, issues here? I'm going to give you an illustration. I'm, I'm trying to talk fast because I know I have limited time. So you know I have solar panels. And I'm talking to a person this morning um, who just got solar panels. Hers were connected yesterday, and she's all excited about that. And I said to her, one of the things you have to know when you have solar panels, Peg, is that what determines how much, how much electricity you're going to generate in a given day is the quality of the air in the sky. Okay? So yesterday, my solar panels, and I have uh, 22 of them, each rated 215 watts, a 4.73 kilowatt system. My solar panels generated 26.0 kilowatts yesterday. Back on Monday, they generated 26.9 kilowatts. Okay? So you say, well, why does it vary so much? Look at the sky. You, people look out and say, what kind of a sky do we have today? Oh, it's a blue sky. No, it's not. It's a powder blue sky. Go to New England, where I came from, and then when it's clear sky, it's dark blue. Okay, that's why Massachusetts is the sixth state in the Union for solar. The sixth state. People say, well, they have a lot of rain. They have a lot. Yeah, but when they have a clear sky, boy, can they generate. 
Okay, so everything depends on the quality of the air up there. So uh, this thing from the Mauna Loa Observatory, it's really important what's happening there. 70% of the earth is covered by water, 2.5% of which is fresh water. But less than 1% is considered safe to drink, and much of that is inaccessible because it's in glaciers and in snowfields. We have very little drinking water on this planet. Very, very little. Some 80% of the world's wastewater is dumped untreated back into the environment, polluting rivers, lakes, and oceans. Plastic waste, broken down into microplastic, has become a major source of ocean pollution, negatively affecting the life and the health of fish, including those consumed by humans. Some people say, if you eat seafood, you have been ingesting microplastics. If you eat salmon, you can bet your life you've been ingesting microplastics. What's that going to do in my body? We'll find out someday. We'll find out someday, because this stuff doesn't just dissolve. Okay? Um, the World Health Organization estimates that roughly 3.5 million people die each year due to water-related diseases like malaria. Go on the YouTube and, and, and put uh, uh, polluted, polluted rivers of India, okay? and you're going to be astonished. And you're going to see kids drinking this stuff, taking a glass of this and drinking it. And they say, why are they drinking this terrible water? It's all brown. That's all they've got. Go look at the Ganges River. In India, the sacred river Ganges, okay, which begins in the Himalayas, clear water. By the time it gets to New Delhi and so forth, it's polluted. Watch people going into the Ganges and going underwater. It's a sacred river. It absolves us of our sins. I wouldn't get in that water. And if you look at it, you probably wouldn't get into it either. So that's where these numbers come from, from the different sources. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, the average American produces 5.91 pounds of trash per day with about only 1.5 pounds being recycled. Okay? According to the World Bank, between 1990 and 2016, the world lost 502,000 miles of forest. That must be square miles. An area the size of South Africa. Deforestation cripples the forest ability to convert carbon dioxide into oxygen. Leaves take in carbon dioxide and exude, and exude oxygen. Now, there was a piece on the news Last night or this morning, the president of Brazil, Bolsonaro, has decided he's going to break a treaty with the indigenous populations of the Amazon because he says they, they have reserves that constitute 28% of, of Brazil, and we can't let them have that anymore because we need that land to expand our economy. So they, he's pushing them aside. It's violating the Constitution, but he's doing it. Okay? That means eliminating thousands upon thousands of trees. How far can we go with this before it backfires and we're not getting any oxygen? The Catholic response to all of this, a statement by the U.S. Catholic bishops dated from 1991, renewing the earth, an invitation to reflection and action on the environment in light of Catholic social teaching, is a statement of the U.S. Catholic bishops dated June 15th, uh, I'm sorry, the first one is 1991, the U.S. Catholic bishops published another one again in 2001, Global Climate Change, a plea for dialogue, prudence, and the common good. And yet a few months ago, Cardinal DiNardo said, it's not an urgent issue. We're not going to treat it. Okay? Not an urgent issue. Top of the next page. This one I'm proud of. September 19, 2019. The Massachusetts Catholic bishops, all four of them, including mine, urged substantial steps to protect the environment. The statement points to Pope Francis' encyclical, Laudato Si, and references the solid consensus about a global crisis of climate change one that will affect the world's most vulnerable populations the most. Go online and look what's happening in Bangladesh, where the country is sinking. And look at the number of people who are leaving 
the, the coastal areas of Bangladesh and moving to the capital, Dhaka, which is overcrowded as it is and people coming in by the thousands every single day. Go to Louisiana and ask them how much of the delta they're losing. It's, it's, the, it's the equivalent of several football fields amount of land per day that Louisiana is losing. Go to Miami and look at they're spending a billion dollars in Miami to raise the sidewalks and put in new, new systems to drain. The former mayor of Miami was Philip Levine, or Levine, Levine. He said once on, on air publicly, and I read, he said if the governor at that time was Rick Scott, if the governor doesn't believe climate change is real, and he did not, tell him to come to Miami. Because in high tide, the water's coming up right, into, right, up, right up through the, uh, the, the drains and so forth. Okay? My, he said Miami could disappear. Miami could disappear. So all these things are there. So um, in that, in the, sort of the, the, the most vulnerable populations. In Alaska, you can find this on YouTube, there are villages on the Alaskan slope that are disappearing, going underwater. That's happening. And they're asking the government to move them. And of course, you know, that's not going to move the government in Washington one bit. Okay? The document of the Massachusetts bishop calls on humanity to recognize the need for changes of lifestyle production and consumption in order to combat this warming or at least the human causes which produce or aggravate it. Bishops of Massachusetts. The bishops of Arizona have published nothing. I'm not being hateful. It's a fact. You go online, go on the internet and type in the statement of the bishops of Arizona on climate change, on the environment. You'll see there's nothing. What you're going to find is what you have here. Since the release of Laudato Si, parishes across the Phoenix Diocese have formed reading groups, held lectures, and offered day-long retreats to study the document. Their preparation is paying off as parishes put Pope Francis' ideas into action. Is there a parish nearby here that has solar panels? Blessed Sacrament, okay? When Pat Robinson was the pastor there, Blessed Sacrament put up solar panels. Last year I called, because I, I used to visit there when they were doing that, I called and I asked to speak to the business manager, got him on the phone, and I told him who I was and where I was, and I said, how much money has St. Uh, Blessed Sacrament saved since it put up its uh, solar panels on its electric bill? He said about 50%. Okay, about 50%. Um, you turn, I think, I'm pretty sure you have this in here, you turn a couple of pages, retrofitting a parish, both business savvy and moral mandate. You see this here? So this is also the Diocese of Phoenix. Almost five years ago, Sacred Heart Parish in Prescott took to heart Pope Francis' message of let us be the protective creation, the theme of his inaugural homily on March 19, 2013 in St. Peter's Square. Earlier in October 2012, Sacred Heart Parish and the school in Prescott commissioned a 160-kilowatt solar PV system, photovoltaic system. In its first three years, Sacred Heart Solar Plant contributed to a 69% reduction in energy costs. And the school derives 100% of its power from solar. That's in our diocese. Smaller changes throughout the parish and school included retrofitting all of the lighting for LED lights for a cost savings of about $12,000 annually. Committing to recycling and using organic cleaning supplies and switching to tankless water heaters and low-flow toilets. At first it was pragmatic, but it has multiplied our mission, said Jean Murphy, parish business manager. Murphy also partners with the Catholic Climate Covenant, and many Sacred Heart students and parishioners have already taken the Franciscan pledge to pray, act, and advocate regarding climate change. Quote, because this is what we, this is, I'm sorry, because this is what he asked us to do, Murphy said of Pope Francis, all the popes have spoken on the protection of the environment. This is all information the popes have been saying for years. One thing about Pope Francis, he is building upon what has already been done, yet he is adding a whole other layer. Okay, it was Paul. It was um, 
I'm sorry, Benedict, I think, Pope Benedict, that put all the solar panels on the Paul VI audience hall in Vatican City. Vatican City at the time said it wanted to be 100% renewable, renewable energy powered. So what you have in our diocese here in Phoenix is some parishes are doing things, but the diocese as a whole has not done anything. There's been no statement by our bishops. None. Okay? And that's not for me to judge. It's just a fact to be aware of. Okay? Just a fact to be aware of. Whereas the American bishops, as the USCCB, have spoken twice. The Massachusetts bishops, bishops in California have spoken. Our bishops have done nothing. And this is supposed to be the Valley of the Sun. Okay? You'd think, but anyway. Look at the last part. Pope Francis, his encyclical Laudato Si, published in 2015. This 10-point summary was by Father James Martin S.J. If you want to see more, I encourage you to go on YouTube and type in Reverend James Martin S.J., and you're going to find a statement on the environment, and you're going to find this tech exactly, the 10-point takeaways. You can read them, and if you go down a bit, scroll down, there's a video of, right in the middle of all of this of, of Father um, Martin telling you his thing, what you're reading here, and complete, very, very complete, okay? So what are the 10 points that Father Martin takes away with this? You've got five minutes left. Jean, she has five minutes. Look at them, okay? The spiritual perspective is now part of the discussion on the environment. It's not just a matter of science anymore. It's not just a matter of CO2. It's a matter also of spirituality. Our relationship to the environment is part of our spiritual life. The poor are disproportionately affected by climate change. That, that, as I said, Bangladesh, look at Louisiana, look at so many places, the, the, the coasts of uh, Alaska. Less is more. This is a big thing with Pope Francis. We are part of a consumer society. We are. In the United States, and I hope I get this figure right, right 70% of the GDP comes from consumers. 70% of the GDP, the gross domestic product. So if we consume less, okay, the gross domestic product is likely to go down. Okay? So that incentive to consume more leads us to sometimes overconsume. Sometimes I go to uh, Costco to get my water. I like their water a lot. And I'm going out, checking out, and I watch these baskets that people have, and I said, how can they possibly eat that much food? How can they possibly eat that much food? How much food do we waste as Americans? Pope Francis says, less is more. Catholic social teaching now includes teaching on the environment. This is an official part of the teaching of the church. Discussions about ecology can be grounded in the Bible and in church tradition. You have the references. Everything is connected, including the economy. Scientific research in the environment is to be praised and used. Widespread indifference and selfishness worsen environmental problems. Global dialogue and solidarity are needed. A change of heart is required. So recently in Spain, or just the end of last year, was COP25, if I'm not mistaken, or COP26, forgive me, the, con the Congress of pa Parties. And it was supposed to be held in Chile, but because they had problems, it was moved to Spain. And they wanted to take, make some progress based upon the parish accords on environment to show some, what are we really doing? What have we been doing? What can we do better? And it was not able to proceed because of objections from the United States and two other countries. Okay, so the wording of the thing had to be very vague. That's going to meet again next year or the year after that. So we have to be aware, and we can't say, America first, the heck with everybody else. This, we are a global community. We are a global community. And to say that we're going to take care of ourselves and let everybody else go to blazes is not Christian, it's not human, it's not ethical. The St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission.